with me in your Bibles this evening to Psalms chapter 28, verse number 7. I've got quite a bit of scripture that I want to read tonight, and I'll try to try to go as quickly as possible. Psalms chapter 27, or chapter 28, verse number 7. Psalms 28, verse number 7. <clears throat> The Bible says that the Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusted in Him, and I am helped. Therefore my heart greatly rejoices, and with my song will I praise Him. And if you'll flip over with me to 1 Samuel chapter 7. First Samuel chapter 7, verse number 1. I'll let you all get there. I hear a lot of pages turning still. <clears throat> First Samuel chapter 7, verse number 1. The Bible says that then the men of Kirjath-Jerim uh, came and fetched up the ark of the Lord and brought it to the house of Abinadab and the hill and sanctified Eleazar the son to keep the ark of the Lord. Now we see here in, uh, in 1 Samuel, just to give you a quick background so you know where we're at here, the Bible tells us in, I believe it's in chapter 4, that uh, the Ark of the Covenant had been taken. The Philistines had, had taken it. They'd taken it out to battle, and uh, the battle went bad. And uh, the Philistines took the, the Ark. And they had it there, and, and that didn't go good for them either. They set it up in, the, in their house of uh, it was Dagog, I think, was their god that they had there. And they came the next morning, and he had fell down on his face. And they had to pick him up, and they propped him up and set him back on the shelf where he belonged and, and uh, helped him out there. And then they came back the next morning, and he would fell down again. And this time his hands was broke off, and his head was broke off, and there wasn't nothing but a stump left. But the, and, and then the Lord came. And, and uh, they had all kinds of bad things going on. There was lots of people started dying and they had diseases coming in on them and they decided they didn't want none of it. They wanted that ark gone. So they picked them up a brand new cart and they got them some milk kind. They took their calves, they put that on that cart and they sent it packing down the road and they said, just find yourself, find yourself a way back to Israel. We don't want another part of you. And so the, we pick it up here. The, 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 the cart had come back in towards Israel. And uh, we know that uh, if you read the story there, there was, there was it come in and, and uh, uh, they pulled the, pulled the lid off of it, took the top off of it to make sure everything was still in there. And the Bible says multitudes of them died right there because they had uh, uh, done that pulled that cover off and looked down in there when God had told him not to. That was a holy thing and God uh, defiling God's uh, <clears throat> covenant with them. So we pick it up here in chapter number 7. It says, They went out and they fetched up the ark of the Lord 
took it in the hill, sanctified it, and Eleazar kept the ark of the Lord. And it came to pass that while the ark abode in Jeth Jerem, that the time was long, for it was twenty years, and all the house of Israel lamented after the Lord. And Samuel spake unto all the house of Israel, saying, If you do return to the Lord with all your hearts, then put away the strange gods of Ashtaroth among you, and prepare your hearts unto the Lord, and serve him only. And he will deliver you out of the hand of the Philistines. And the children of Israel did put away Balaam and Ashtaroth, and they served the Lord only. And Samuel said, Gather all Israel to Mitzvah, and I will pray for you unto the Lord. And they gathered together in Mitzvah, and drew the water, and poured it out to the Lord, and fasted on that day, and said there, We have sinned against the Lord. And Samuel judged the children of Israel in Mitzvah. And when the Philistines heard that children of Israel had gathered together to Mitzvah, the lords of the Philistines went up against Israel. And when the children of Israel heard it, they were afraid of the Philistines. And the children of Israel said unto Samuel, Cease not to cry unto the Lord our God for us, that he will save us out of the hand of the Philistines. And Samuel took a suckling lamb and offered it in the burnt offering holy unto the Lord. And Samuel cried unto the Lord for Israel, and the Lord heard him. And as Samuel was offering up the burnt offering, the Philistines drew near to battle against Israel. But the Lord thundered with a great thunder upon that day on the Philistines, and discomfited them, and they were smitten before Israel. And the men of Israel went out of Mitzvah and pursued the Philistines and smote them until they came into Bethgar. Then Samuel took up a stone, set it between Mitzvah and Shin, and called the name of it Ebenezer, saying, Hitherto hath the Lord helped us. So the Philistines were subdued, and they came no more into the coast of Israel. And the hand of the Lord was against the Philistines all the days of Samuel. And the cities which the Philistines had taken from Israel were restored to Israel from Ekron and the Gath and the coast thereof that Israel delivered out of the hands of the Philistines. And there was peace between Israel and the Amorites. And Samuel judged Israel all the days of his life. And he went from year to year to cer- in, in circuit to Bethel and Gilgal and Mesphah and judged all Israel and all those places. And his return was to Ramah for there's, there was his house. And there he judged Israel, and there he built an altar unto the Lord. Let's pray this evening. Lord God, I just ask tonight that you'll be with us as we try to preach tonight. Lord God, I ask that you'll help us as we bring the word, Lord. That uh, everything, Lord, that's said and done here tonight would be glorifying to you. God, I need your help, Lord. I need your presence tonight. I can do nothing without you, Lord. We need you here with us. Lord, if anything is said or done here tonight that would be any help for anybody, Lord. It's all of you and nothing of me because I ain't nothing without you, God, and I need you tonight with all my being, Lord. I pray that you'll come and your presence will be with us tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. So we see here this, uh, <clears throat> this, this account that we just read in 1 Samuel the Bible tells about, if we looked at verse number 12, I want to circle in there and zone down on that, that Samuel took a stone and he set it up between Mitzvah and Shin and he called the name of it Ebenezer, saying, Hitherto hath the Lord helped us. He had helped them in that time. They had nothing that they could do, just like I prayed a moment ago that I need God's help tonight. We need His help. We need His hand in everything that we do. There's nothing that we can do without Him that we have to have Him in our being. Every breath that we take, every beating of our heart, everything that we do is all 
made up of God. Everything comes from Him. <clears throat> there was a man, his name was Robert Robertson. He lost his father at the age of eight. At 14, he was sent to live in London to be an apprentice to a barber. <clears throat> As a teenager in the London town, he began to run with a rough crowd, get into a little bit of trouble. But one night, he and some of his friends went and they attended a service where George Whitfield was preaching on the wrath to come. Robert Robertson, in a short time, was saved. He's quoted as saying he'd found full forgiveness through the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Shortly thereafter, he answered the call to preach. He preached for about 30 years there, <clears throat> different congregations. Early in his ministry, for one of his sermons, he wrote a poem that was later to be set to music. But years later, having left the ministry, and while riding in a coach with another passenger, a young lady, she began to sing this song. The words that he had penned was, Come thou fount of every blessing, tune my heart to sing thy grace. Streams of mercy never ceasing call for songs of loudest praise. Teach me some melodious sonnet sung by flaming tongues above. Praise the mount I'm fixed upon it, mount of thy redeeming love. Here I raise my Ebenezer. Here by thy great help I've come. And I hope by thy great pleasure safely to arrive at home. That was taken directly from that passage that we just read. Jesus sought me when a stranger wandering from the fold of God. He to rescue me from danger interposed his precious blood. There was another part that I hadn't heard. A lot of times we don't hear they omitted different pieces of these things when they put them to music sometimes it says on that day when freed from sinning I shall see thy lovely face clothed then in blood washed linen how I'll sing thy sovereign grace come my lord no longer tarry take my ransom soul away send thine angels now to carry me to realms of endless day oh to grace how great a debtor Daily I'm constrained to be. Let thy goodness like a fetter bind my wandering heart to thee. Prone to wonder, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. Here's my heart, O oh, take and seal it. Seal it for thy courts above. When asked how he liked the song as she finished it, Mr. Robertson replied, Madam, I'm the unhappy man who wrote that hymn many years ago. I would give a thousand worlds if I had them, if I could feel now as I felt then. The lady gently replied, Sir, the streams of mercy are still flowing. Nothing's changed. In Second Chronicles chapter 20 and verse number 17, 
The Bible says, Ye shall not need to fight in this battle. Set yourselves, stand ye still, and see the salvation of the Lord with you. Amen. That's one of my favorite passages of Scripture. Amen. God is going to fight the fight for us. Amen. He says all we got to do is just get out the way. Set yourselves and stand still. <clears throat> I want to preach for a little while this evening on setting yourselves and standing still. The Lord bless this service. Deuteronomy chapter 20 and verse number 4. The Bible says, For the Lord your God is he that goeth with you to fight for you against your enemies, to save you. God is the one that comes to help us. Psalms chapter 10 and verse number 4. Thou art the helper of the fatherless. In Psalms chapter 12 and 1. Lord, help, Lord, for the godly man ceaseth, for the faithful fell from among the children of men. I want to stop right there for just a minute. I've got a lot of verses, but I want to bring out, you know, this verse, the Bible says that the godly man ceaseth, and the faithful fell from among the children of men. We need God's help in our lives. There's going to be a time when pastor's not going to be there for you. He's not going to be coming up and bringing the service, bringing the sermons for you no more. You're going to be out on the job. You're going to be out at your home and you're going to need God's help. And you're not going to have a godly man or a godly influence in your life to help you. You're going to grow up or you're going to get married or you're going to move on. Maybe your spouse is your anchor or whatever that may be. And there's going to come a time in your life when the godly is going to cease. The people around you are not going to be the ones that's going to uphold you no more. You've got to have God's help. We call for God's help. It says, help, Lord, for the godly man ceaseth. The faithful fail from among the children of men. It seems more and more today there's more ungodliness floating around. Everywhere you turn, there's sodomites putting it out there in front of you. The filth of this world is all over the place. The godly is fleeing. The godly is failing. The faithful men are no longer becoming a part of our, our country, a part of the, the things that we see and do every day. They're not low, no longer having the influence on our lives and our communities that we should have. The Bible says, Help us, Lord, for these faithful fail from among us. In Psalms chapter 22 and verse 19, But be, be not far, thou far from me, O Lord, my strength hates thee to help me. Psalms 33 and 20, Our soul waiteth for the Lord, he is our help and our shield. Psalms chapter 46, verse number 1. God is our refuge and our strength, a very present help in trouble. Psalms 46.10. Be still and know that I am God. In Psalms chapter 54 and verse number 4. Behold, God is mine helper. Psalms 60, verse number 11. Give us help from trouble, for vain is the help of man. What can we do? If not for God's hand in our lives. There's nothing that we can do. We're all doing it in vain. Vain is the help of man. Psalms chapter 63 and verse number 7. Because thou hast been my help, therefore in the shadow of thy wing will I rejoice. 
In Psalms 94, 17, except the Lord had been my help, my soul had almost dwelt in silence. And in Psalms 115, 11, ye that fear the Lord, trust in the Lord, he is their help and their shield. Amen. <clears throat> Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 10. Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Amen. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Verse number 13. For I, the Lord thy God, will hold thy right hand, saying unto thee, Fear not, I will help thee. Second Chronicles chapter 14. I want to look at a little bit there. This evening the Bible tells us about a, a king in Second Chronicles chapter 14. King Asa. <clears throat> the Bible says in verse number 2 that Asa did that which was good and right in the eyes of the Lord his God. For he took away all the altars of the strange gods and the high places and broke down the images and cut down the groves and commanded Judah to seek the Lord God of their fathers and to do the law of the commandment. Also he took away out of all the cities of Judah the high places and the images and the kingdom was quiet before him. And he built fenced cities in Judah for the land had rest. And he had no war in those years because the Lord hath given him rest. You know, God says he came in there and he's aiming to, he's aiming to live godly. He's wanting to, to bring back the law of God. He wants to bring back God's uh, promises and God's smile on their country. He wants God's presence in everything that they're doing. And he's going about it the right way. So God gave him peace. Verse number 8, Asa had an army of men that bear targets and spears out of Judah 300,000, and out of Benjamin that bear shields and drew bows 200 and fourscore thousand. All these were mighty men of valor, and there came out against them Zerah the Ethiopian with a host of a thousand thousand and three hundred chariots, and came to Mercia. And Asa went out against him. And they set the battle array in the valley of Zephna at Mercia. And Asa cried unto the Lord, his God, and said, Lord, it is nothing with thee to help, whether with many or with them that have no power. Help us, O Lord our God, for we rest on thee. Amen. And in thy name we go against this multitude, O Lord. Thou art our God. Let not man prevail against thee. So the Lord smote the Ethiopians before Asa and before Judah, and the Ethiopians fled. And Asa and the people that were with him pursued into Gear, and Ethiopians were overthrew that they could not recover themselves, for they were destroyed before the Lord and before his host, and they carried away very much spoil. And they smote all the cities around Gear, and fear the Lord came upon them, and they spoiled all the cities, for there was exceeding much spoil in them. They smote all the tents and the cattle, and carried away sheep and camels in abundance, and returned to Jerusalem. So we see here that uh, <clears throat> God came out, God helped them. Because He was faithful, 
and he was doing what God had him to do. He was trying to bring lead the nation in a godly way, and, and God helped him whenever he called out. In verse number 11, he said, you know what, God, we've got to have your help. He had his armies there. And he had people there. They could have went out to battle and, and, and been thinking, you know what? We've won a lot of battles before. God's always been on our side. Everything worked out just fine. But he looked at this thing. He said, you know what? These people are coming against us. What can we do without God being on our side? Without God to help us. We've got nothing. We need him. They called upon God. He said, come and help us, Lord, either great or small. We've got to have you. It doesn't matter if our numbers are bigger or if their numbers are bigger. We need you, Lord. We've got to have you in the battle. And God came and God prevailed against these people. And they went through and they spoiled the cities. And God was with them through all that. If you skip over to... Chapter number 16. Same king. The Bible says, In the sixth and thirteenth year of the reign of Asa, king of Israel came, basically the king of Israel came to Judah and built Ramoth to the internet that he might let none go out or come in to Asa the king of Judah. And Asher brought out silver and gold out of the treasury of the house of the Lord and offered the king's house and said to Benadab, king of Syria that dwelt in Damascus, saying, There's a league between me and thee, and there was between my father and thy father. Behold, I have sent thee silver and gold. Go, break thy league with Basha, king of Israel, that he may depart from me. Benadab hearkened to the king of Asia and sent the captains of his army against the cities of Israel, and they smote Ijan and Nan and Abelman and all the store cities of Nephalti. And it came to pass when Basha heard it that he left off building Ramoth and he let his work cease. Then Asa, Asa king took all Judah and they carried away the stones of Ramoth and the timber thereof wherewith Basha was building and he built therewith Geba and Mizpah. And at that time and I, the seer, came to Asa, king of Judah, and he said to him, Because thou hast relied on the king of Syria, and not relied on the Lord thy God, therefore is the host of the king of Syria escaped out of thine hand. Were not the Ethiopians and the Lebanons a huge host and very many chariots and horsemen? Yet, because thou didst rely on the Lord, he delivered them into your hand. Amen. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of them whose heart is perfect toward him. Herein thou hast done foolishly, therefore from henceforth thou shalt have wars. In, in verse number 12 it says, In Asa, in the thirty and ninth year of his reign, was diseased in his feet until his disease was exceeding great. Yet in his disease he sought not the Lord, but to the physicians. And then Asa slept with his fathers and died in one and fortieth year of his reign. And they buried him. So we see that this king, the same king that had great victory because he called upon the Lord. 
Because he knew that he couldn't do anything without God's help. He said, we've got to have him later in his life. He says, hey, we got some gold. We got some silver. We've got some league here. We've got some people, peoples, some other kingdoms that we're going to get together. We're all going to help protect one another. Instead of calling on the Lord. And then even in his own personal life, not only did he fail to lead the nation, but in his own personal life, the Bible says that he was calling upon physicians rather than on the Lord for help. What a sad state of affairs to get ourselves in. We do the same things Amen. in our own lives. Psalms chapter 121 verse number 1 and 2 says, I will lift up mine eyes into the hills from whence cometh mine help. My help cometh from the Lord which made heaven and earth. I'm here to tell you tonight we try to put our trust and our hope in everything. We try to think of our own selves. We, we try to think of our own strength, our own finances, uh, uh, our friends, or, or whatever that may be. <coughs> the Bible says, the Lord is our help. God made the heavens and the earth. God made us. Yet we don't turn to Him for help. We turn to our own, our own uh, helps, our own practices God is our help tonight as I'm finishing up it's not a self-help program we can't get enough self-help I can't help myself not only am I not any good to myself physically financially morally spiritually there's nothing that I can do for myself. The Bible says there's none that's good. Now how am I going to be any good for myself? If there was self-help programs. God is our help. He's not, it's not the, the medicines that can be dumped into us and poured into us. Make us feel better. It's not head drinks. Psychologists. Laying on a couch. Telling about my cat that died when I was three. That's not going to do a bit of good. I don't know if I even had a cat when I was three. I just made that up, okay? Somebody's going to be asking about my cat. I know they are. <clears throat> it ain't going to be no good. God, if not God's your help, then you can't get help from counseling. You can't get help from counselors. Now, I'm not saying that it's not good to to seek wise counsel and to ask for good advice. But it needs to be godly counsel and godly advice that comes from God. We can't get help from a 14-step program. It ain't going to do you no good unless God changes you. You can go through 28 steps in six times. It's not going to help you unless it's God is our help. It's not man that helps us. As I said earlier, it's not the church 
that helps us. It's not the pastor that helps us. It's got to come, our help has got to come from God. We can come in here on Sunday morning, we can we can try to say, I'm coming to church and I'm coming to get help and, and I'm coming to worship the Lord and, and I've brought my Bible and we can sit back here and say, I'm a sponge, feed me and take care of me. But if you're not willing to let God change your life and let God affect your life, you're not going to get help by coming in here and warming a pad on the pew. It does you absolutely no good. You've got to have your help from God. It's not from government. I ain't even going to go all over that. The government's not going to help you do any better. It's not going to be your money, your finances. It's nothing that you can gather up that's going to help you. You know what we say? I've heard people say, Pastor, about uh, raising a family or, or starting the whatever it may be. Once I get to this position, once I get this amount of money, or once I have this in my life, maybe then... We can start serving God. Or maybe then we can start uh, <clears throat> having children or whatever it might be that, that you're waiting on. It's not the, that God, that's not going to save you. That's not going to help you. It's not going to bring you any more help than what God has already given you. No amount of money. No amount of property. I don't care how many brand spanking new vehicles you got. They break down just the same as my old jokers do. God has got to help you. It's got to be God's help. Psalms chapter 46 and verse number 10 says, Be still and know that I am God. I'll tell you what we've got to do. We've got to stop sometimes long enough to let God help us. This is what I have a lot of trouble with. Slowing down and stopping long enough for God to work. Seems like I always want to fix everything. That's just the way I do stuff. I'm a fixer. Whenever there's a problem, I want to try to fix it. If there's something broke, I want to make it right. When there's a problem in my life, I try to fix it. Myself. And I can't. I try to do it within my own powers. If I have a problem in my marriage, I want to try to fix it. If my wife is unhappy, I find I want to find out right now what the problem is and let me get some tools and let me make a few adjustments and we're going to get this fixed and that way we can move right on down the road. And I want to fix it. But we need to be still and let God fix it. There are some times that we need to just stop long enough for God to do His work. We need to get out of the way. We need to pray. We need to ask God as King Asa did, Hey, Lord, I need your help. I'm nothing without you. God, I've got to have you in my life. And then stand back and let God do what he's going to do. God starts to move it in our lives sometimes. Then we say, Ooh, I didn't like that direction. That didn't feel right. That didn't seem right. We just need to stand still. Set ourselves. And then the third thing, the Bible says that we need to raise up an Ebenezer. As Samuel did, he rose up that stone and, says, and said, Hitherto hath the Lord helped us. Amen. Right here has the Lord helped us. Right. 
when we have God's working in our lives, we need to remember what God's done for us. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's not good enough sometimes to just say, well, you know what? I'm going to ask God to help me in my life. I want God to change me. I want God to do these things in my life. I want, I want help from the Lord. And then God comes and He helps us. And you know what? I'm pretty bad to do. I'm like, well, that's what God's supposed to do. God did His job. And I don't, I don't remember it that well. Because God did what God does. Every single thing that God does for us in our life. God is so good to us. If we look at our lives and, and the way that He works in our lives is the miracles that He performs whenever I get up out of bed every day. Amen. The beautiful day that He's given us. My family, my home. Yes. The protection Amen. that He gives us every day. Amen. When we pray and He answers prayers, little things, yes. and we don't think nothing of it. Because that's just what God does. And we get used to it. And He just kind of gets calloused over. And that's just what God does. The Bible says that we need to raise up an Ebenezer. We need to set ourselves. We need to stand still. But we need to put a memorial in our lives. For every little thing that God does in our lives, we need to give God the praise and the glory and the honor that He deserves. Not only for ourselves and our families. The Bible says in Joshua chapter 4, when they had came over the Red Sea, they took some stones and they set them up. And He says, uh, what are you setting these stones up for? He says, we're going to set these stones up so when your children says, what mean you by these stones? You tell them. You tell them what God has done for you. You tell them what God's done in our lives. You tell them about the miracles that He's performed in your life. You tell God, your children, you tell your family about the answered prayers that God has given you. You tell them, hey, we was going through a struggle right here. And this is what God done for us. And you leave that set there. For generations to come. So you can tell your children and your children's children what God did for you in your life. But not only for your children, not only for those around you, the people that you meet, the people that you come into contact every day. But what I need it for mostly is for me. I need it for me. Because I'm kind of like Oasis. I'm pretty bad to forget what God's done for me in my life. I'm bad to forget. I'm bad to move on. Next thing I know, I keep I'm not I don't remember how God worked in my life and how God helped me in these times in my life. And then I want to turn around and I want to try to fix it and do it myself again. I want to start trying to make up my own things. Bring out the silver and the gold and buy us way out, buy our way out of this. Or have my friends come in thinking about our own strengths and our own armies and our own things that we can do in our lives instead of 
trusting what God has done in the past and knowing that God is going to do it again. That God is so powerful and He's so loving that He's just sitting there waiting and He's wanting to help us. And we don't look for the help. The Bible, one of the verses that I read says we look towards the hill from whence cometh our help. We don't look. We're bad to look right here. What's going on in our lives? We're bad to look at the things that's tearing up and the bad, the bad things that's going around and, or the things if things are going good or whatever it may be and we don't look for God to come and help us. Yes. We're looking for a way to take care of it on our own. That's why we need to set up this Ebenezer in a remembrance for what God has done for you. As that lady told Mr. Robinson, there's still streams of mercy flowing every day. Lord ain't cut them off. He hasn't redirected them. The streams are still flowing. Have you set yourselves to where you can stand still and be helped of the Lord tonight or you're still trying to fix things on your own. I don't know if this doing got any good other than myself. I, I tell you, I thank God for what He's done in our lives, and I thank God for His goodness for us, for saving me. Everything that He does for us is just—you just can't sit here and say enough about how good God is in our lives. How much help He gives us. But I'm so bad to forget. I don't remember what God done for me many times. We just live and we just go and we're just moving on through our life and we don't think about how God, He just wants us to love Him. He wants, us, he wants to be able to help us. He's wanting us to call on Him in everything we do. If you pray with me this evening. <clears throat> Lord, I thank You, God, for Your Word that You've given us. These simple little truths, Lord, that You've allowed us to pull from Your, from your Word, God. I just thank You. Thank You, Lord, for Your goodness for us. Thank you for your help. God, help us to remember the things that you do in our lives. Lord, I pray, Lord, that you'll help us to tuck this message away in our hearts and help us, Lord, to remember to call on to you and not forget the things that you do for us. We love you, Lord, and we just want to praise you for everything. Lord, that you do in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.